Tonight we're going to talk about this fourth part of this spiritual discipline series we've called Hashtag Basic. And what we've been looking at is what are some disciplines, what are some things that we can do if you're a follower of Jesus? And I know some of you are just maybe checking Jesus out tonight, checking out the church and the Bible. You know, I'm sure if you, you believe all that, that's okay. That's, that's cool. For those of you who are in here that go, man, I am a follower of Jesus, what we're looking at are what are some things that if someone looked at us, they would be hashtag basic to our life. We talked about Bible study. We talked about prayer as a believer. I pray, hashtag basic. That's, that's obvious. It should be that way. And tonight we're going to look at one that's a little bit different. We're going to talk about simplicity. You know, we live in this world that is, man, it is full of clutter. It's full of stuff. You get um, advertisements on your on and email, text messaging, on television, all the time telling you, hey, you need to buy this, you need to buy that, and, and, and telling you that what you have is not good enough. I'll give you just a couple examples. In the Apple App Store, just the Apple Store, not the Google Store, there are over 800,000 apps for you to choose from and use. That's a lot of, that's a lot of clutter. That's a lot of stuff. Cheesecake Factory, talk about restaurants. Cheesecake Factory has over 240 selections for you to choose from. That doesn't count lunch or brunch. I mean, everywhere we go, it's, it's just clutter. There's all kinds of stuff that we're supposed to have or try. Sephora, ladies, 135 types of mascara. Like, I couldn't even tell you what types 3 through 135 could even possibly do. I mean, how, how do you need that many different kinds of masks? It's eyelashes. I mean, I, and that blows my mind. 437 different lotions, almost 2,000 different fragrances that when you walk into one store, Sephora is just one store of all the other stores that sell similar products, and you have all of these choices all of these things that you've got to choose from and decide. And I mean, we just live in clutter, and we live in a world that tells you, you need to buy this, you need to buy that, and you know what? You need to try out 135 different types of mascaras. If the one doesn't work, try another, and you just never know, buy, buy, buy. Now, some companies are starting to push back at that. There's a company called Trader Joe's. There's one coming to Austin. They're not, they're not here yet, but Trader Joe's is kind of like a Whole Foods grocery store. Now, here's what's crazy. The average supermarket that's like a Trader Joe's, like a Whole Foods, they carry on average 40,000 different products, but Trader Joe's carries 4,000 on average. Now, you would think that, that, that people might go, hey, you know what? I want to go to the place that has a whole lot more choices. I want all of my different options. But inherently, we know that we get overwhelmed. Like, for example, we went, uh, we went tubing this year. During the summer, took a group of students down. And, we tube, and as we were coming back, I think it was a tubing trip, we stopped at Bucky's in New Braunfels. That place, that place is incredible. But I'm serious, I walked in. I'm like a grown man. I walked in and like, I just wanted to curl, curl up in the fetal position and, and like cry. And I was like, I, I'm so overwhelmed. There's like, there's walls, walls of like different kinds of gummies. You know, I'm like, I, I don't even know where to begin to choose what I, w what I would want. And and so some of these companies are coming back and like Trader Joe's and saying, hey, we're going to limit the options because we know people's lives are cluttered. We know that they're overflowed with choices. Now, here's the interesting thing. When Trader Joe's is compared to a similar place like Whole Foods, they sell on average twice as much per square foot of their store than, than Whole Foods does. Because people are going, you know what, I want, I want a little less. I want a little less clutter in my life. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 6. You can flip there. We're, not going to, we're going to take that in a second. But 
I want us to send, and we'll talk about why in a moment, but I want you to consider all of the things that you're told you need. There's a guy named Arthur Gish. He wrote a book called The Rat Race. And inside the book, he said this quote, and I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty interesting quote. He said, we buy stuff that we don't want to impress people that we don't like. We buy stuff that we don't want to impress people that we don't like. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, and we're told, because I want to fit in. I want to connect with these people. I want to I be inside this group. And I'm not even really close to them, but I want to be. And in reality, they're not even your closest friends, but it's the popular crowd. And the popular crowd says that you have to have this, and you got to wear this, and you got to drive that, and you got to have this type of phone. And, you gotta, and we go, man, I want to I gotta buy those things. I don't even really want it, but I want to be like them, but I don't even really like them. But that, that's what the world tells us. You got to buy stuff and get stuff and, and have, have more. And you think about, like, clothes. You know, the world will tell you that if you don't have a certain type of cloth, clothing, that you're out of touch of reality. If your jeans don't say the right thing, if your shirt doesn't say the right thing, then you're not, you're not really with it. When you get older, the world's going to tell you, you know, if you don't have the right kind of car, if you don't drive this thing, then that means you're like a lower-class person, that, that your worth isn't as much. And Jesus, Jesus talked a lot about money and things. He did. In fact, Jesus probably talked more about money and materialism than probably anything else he talked about in, in the Bible, which is pretty interesting because we don't talk about it a whole lot. But every time Jesus talked about stuff and he talked about money, his conversations went somewhat like this. Store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. His stories went like this. There's a guy that built two barns to because to, his uh, harvest was so good that he, he stored up and he said, I've got all this harvest. I'm just going to save it for a rainy day. And Jesus said, you're going to die tomorrow. You don't, or the guy in the story, Jesus told, God said, you're going to die tomorrow. You don't, you're not even going to be able to use that. The richer and ro- ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to, to inherit heaven and follow you? And Jesus says, go sell everything you have. It's like every time Jesus talks about stuff, he talks about getting rid of stuff. When Jesus talks about money, he doesn't talk about hoarding money. He talks about giving it away. Jesus talks, quite honestly, about living simply. But we live in a world that says just the opposite. And so there, I want you to consider the fact that the world might be sick, and we don't even know it. If Jesus says, hey, this is what I, I created the world in, in, in true spirituality, and you want to connect with God, you need to live simply. But the world says, no, you need to, you need to accumulate stuff, and you need to, to, to buy, buy, buy. If we're living in a sick society and we connect with that sick society, there's a pretty good chance that we might be sick. Because Jesus says just the opposite. He says, stuff doesn't matter. He says, eternity is more important than the temporary. And so the reason why we're talking about simplicity in this series that's about spiritual disciplines is because we want to live like Jesus. And this is harder. The last three weeks, if you haven't been here with us, we talked about reading the Bible. We talked about that the Bible uh, gives direction for your life. And we talked about prayer. And we said that prayer has got to be more than just a, a mealtime tradition. And last week, uh, Josh talked to us about scripture memory. And we go, okay, I can, I can pray and I can read my Bible. I can memorize scripture because the more I read my Bible, the closer I am to Jesus. The more I pray, the, the more intimate my relationship with Jesus. As I memorize scripture, I'm putting his word into my heart and into my mind, and I'm becoming more like him. Those things kind of make sense. We understand that. But this idea of simplicity or living simply as a spiritual discipline, it's kind of hard for us to wrap our mind around. But what Jesus would tell us as we read all of the red letters in the New Testament, Jesus would say, hey, if you want to be like me, if you want to live like I lived, if you want to really kind of tap into the creator, 
The creator saying you need to learn how to get away from stuff and live a simple life. And so the discipline is learning how to make choices and how to make, fill your closet and fill your garage with things that are simple and not clutter, not buying, buying, buying more stuff. But it's hard. And it's hard because most of us don't have kind of an anchor. Let me give you an example of just some other examples of what it looks like. Uh, I have a friend of mine that several, this, is, this has been some years ago. Uh, we were at a conference together. We were up in, in the Dallas area. And while we were at the conference, he was going to go buy a new car, like during the break of the conference. His car, well, he was driving up an old one and going to drive back a new one. And we had just started talking about cars. And I wasn't like trying to be holier than thou. I, I was just kind of talking out loud. And I said, you know, I, when I bought my last car, I said, I bought it like fully loaded. It, it had leather. It had everything that you could imagine. And I said, I, I said I, and I paid a lot of money for it. And I realized as I got a little bit older and started maybe being more wise, I thought, why did I pay so much money? I mean, I paid extra money to have power windows. And power windows are great. I love power windows. But, but I paid, I don't know how much. It was probably in the hundreds of dollars, at least. I paid that much extra money so that I could do this rather than this kind of crazy? I mean, you think about it. If somebody said, hey, I'll give you $300 if the next seven times you're going to roll down your window, because I'm not rolling my window down in Texas. I'm turning the air conditioning on. When you roll down your windows, I'll give you several hundred dollars if you'll just choose to do this four times instead of this once. Most of us would go, yeah, I'm in for that. And what if they said, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you $400 to do this. If you need to move your seat back, there's going to be a lever underneath. Just pull it and slide it. Or you can pay a couple hundred extra dollars and push a button, and it'll slide it for you. And so we're having this conversation, and I'm like, it's kind of crazy that I paid all that money for it. And he looks at me, and he goes, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I really hate you right now. And I was like, why? He's like, because I'm about to go buy a car, and now I'm going to feel guilty about buying anything nice. I'm going to be like, no, you keep the spare tire. Uh, you know, I'll take a cassette deck. You know, that's fine. And I said, I don't want you to feel that. I just wanted, you to, wanted to think through, do I need all that stuff? Do I need it, or, or, or can I live a little bit more simply and use that money for something else. Another thing popped in my head this week. Driving back from a football game on Friday night, a friend of mine is looking at, he's trying to think through what he's going to do. He's starting a new business. He wants to maybe start a franchise. And he and I have been talking about some different things. And I've been praying for him about what's that going to look like. And as I'm driving down the road, I see this storage center. And I thought, and I called him. And I said, what about a storage center? That seems like a great, like, business idea. Georgetown's booming. We're going to double in the next, like, five to six years, possibly. I mean, it's going to get crazy around here. And I said, there's going to be more people moving in. And, and a storage center, you don't have to, like, pay employees. You just have to get some land, build a building, and, like, lock their stuff up. You know, it's like, that's, like, easy money. You know, you bring your crap to me, I'll lock it up, and you give me money. That's, like, that's, like a, I thought, that's genius. But then I started thinking about how crazy that is that we have so much stuff that it won't even fit inside our houses. We, we, bought, we built big houses, and we have so much stuff, our stuff won't fit into our houses, so we go and take it and put it in a storage center where we can't see it, use it, forget what's even there, and we pay somebody to keep that extra stuff. I thought, man, we live in a world that's filled with clutter. We live in a world that doesn't understand what it means to be simple. Let me, let me give you one more idea, and then we're going to look at some scripture. I'm going to get really personal here in a second. Some of you are going to be angry at me, and you're never going to come back. Because some of you have been talking to your parents, and you might have even gotten your name on the list for an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 6 Plus. 
Now, let me ask you, I just want you to think through the idea of living simply. You have an iPhone 5. Maybe you have an iPhone 4. Maybe you have an iPhone 2. I don't even know if those existed or what they were. Okay, yeah, we got one. Okay. Now, now you use that iPhone 2 to do several things. You use it to call people. You use it to text people. You use it to check apps. You use it to surf the Internet. And you feel, because the media has told you this, and friends tell us, and the world says this, the world tells you, you know what? You need to get rid of that iPhone 2 because it is so old and outdated. You need to go spend $900 so you can get an iPhone 6. Because you know what the iPhone 6 will let you do? Call people, text people, get on the Internet, and look at apps. The same thing that your iPhone 2 did, but somewhere in our mind, in our sick way of thinking, because we think like the world, we go, I've got to have that. And Jesus says, you know what? You don't. Jesus says, you don't. Jesus says, the problem with your desire for stuff and the clutter of your life, why when you open up your closet, you have, ladies, 74 pairs of shoes. That's why you open up your closet and you've got clothes that go rack upon rack upon rack, and you walk in... And you walk back out and go, i got nothing to wear. <laughs> and there's like a dude in Ethiopia that's like a 17-year-old guy, and he's like, I'd wear that dress just to have some clothes, you know? And you're going, you're going I don't know what to wear. i got nothing. Because we, have, we bought into the lie that we need stuff and we need more of it. Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. But what if we live simply? And here's what I want you to kind of, meditate on, think about this week. And we're going to talk about this more on Sunday in our small groups. Living simply becomes a reality. It becomes something we can really do when we begin to focus on just one thing. See, that's our problem. We don't have this divine center. We don't have an anchor that's, that's focused our lives on something. And so, so we're just whatever the newest thing is, I've got to have it. I've got to have the new thing and the new this and new clothes and new that because we don't have a focus on one thing. Simplicity becomes reality when we can focus on one thing. Now, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 25, I want you to hear what Jesus says. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was the richest king, the most wealthy king in Israel, not even Solomon in all his splendor and all his wealth was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in, and, and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not clothe, much more clothe you, O oh, you a little faith? So don't worry about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear. For the pagans, those who don't know Jesus, they run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So he's talking to them about stuff. He's going, stop worrying about stuff. Stop, stop trying to, 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 to fill your closets full of stuff and worry about what I'm going to wear and what I'm going to do and how am I going to have this. And then he says this in verse 33. He says, but seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, he's talking about God, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. 
Jesus said, you know what? If your life is so full of clutter and chasing after stuff and you're caught up in the world and you want to live simply, you want to live the way that Jesus lived, you want to live the way that the creator of the universe who put it all together says works best, he says this. He says, seek first. Make your number one priority. Or, as I would say, focus on the kingdom of God. So here's what happens. This is how this looks. And again, let me pick on the iPhone for a second. If my focus is on the kingdom of God, if that is what my, 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 I'm seeking after God, I'm seeking after his righteousness. God, I just want to live like you. I want the kingdom of God to explode where I live. God, I want you to use me to, to tell people about you. God, your kingdom is the most important thing to me. Some, there will be some people that are going to then go buy an iPhone 6. And here's what those people look like. They've got some kind of ministry or they've got some kind of career that the iPhone 6 helps them bring the kingdom of God closer. And they go, man, if I go get this product, I, I, can, I can engage what God has called me to do and I can do it better. For those people, Jesus would probably say, go get that iPhone 6. But most of us, we look at the things we buy and the things we're chasing after, and they're not about the kingdom of God. They're not, about, they're not about seeking God's righteousness. They're not about a relationship with him. They're about stuff and other things. And, and Jesus said, let those things go. Seek first me. Go after the things that really matter. Chase after things that, that are eternal and not temporary. And then all of a sudden, we start walking away from some clutter in our lives. We start having margin back. And one day, this will be more, you guys, I know right now, some, some of you guys have my jobs. But if you don't, what you're going to find out when you get older is you're going to get a first, your first job, and they're going to pay you like $23,000 a year. And you're going to like call your parents, and you're going to be so excited. And you're going to be like, Mom, Dad, you won't believe it. They're paying me $23,000 a year. When I worked at Sonic, I made like $2,000, and now I'm making $23,000. And you're going to go, what am I going to do with all of this money? And the next thing you know, you're going to have a car payment, an apartment, things like that. And, and your $23,000 is going to be gone like that. And you're going to go, man, if only, if only I could make $40,000 a year. And you're going to make $40,000 a year, and you're going to spend it all. And you go, man, if I just made $80,000 a year, and, and you're going to get that raise. And you're going to be like, I'm making eighty grand a year. And you're going to go, where is all my money? Because you're going you, you're gonna to end up chasing clutter and chasing stuff. I make more money so I can buy a better car. I make more money so I can buy a bigger, a bigger house. Some of you, you know, I make more money so, you know, I can date a prettier girl. You know, I don't know, you know, some of you are going to have to, like, buy your girlfriends. We understand. Uh, that, that's the world, and, and it just disappears. But the person who has a focus on the kingdom of God, here's what they find out as an adult. They find out that they have margin in their life. They have margin in their life, and they're able to do things with their money because they have extra that really matters. Maybe that's not where you're at right now, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the clutter of time. Let's talk about the fact that, that so many of us in here, you don't have a spare minute to breathe. I don't know if Riley York's in here or not. Riley is my MVP right now because we started planning the next Collide series. It's going to come up after this. And so we sent out, we advertised it in here. We sent out, I, I texted everybody that I kind of had in my phone for leadership track or boot camp leaders, things like that. And I said, hey, Saturday, Saturday from 4 to 8, we're going to plan. We're going to go eat dinner. Come help us. I sent a text to all of our small group ministers. I said, hey, would you text all of your small group and tell them, hey, here's an opportunity to serve. At 4 o'clock, it was me and Kathleen. 
And I told Kathleen, I was like, well, I'm going to reschedule one more. And if we don't have a team that shows up, because this is a youth ministry done by students, if we don't have students show up, then we're, gonna, we're not going to have Collide during October. We're just going to take off. And here comes Riley through the door. Shows up, and I was like, Riley, that's just you. You know, I said, I might want to reschedule, and if it doesn't work, we're, we're just, we'll take a break. I'll go home with my kids. And uh, she was like, no, I, I want to come to Collide in October, so I'll do it. So she single-handedly planned the entire series all by herself. So if you see, yeah, right? Yeah, you need to give her a hug or something like that. But here's why. But, but here's my point. So many people got a text, but on a Saturday at 4 o'clock, the vast majority of our students had no margin in their life. You're busy. You're busy and couldn't do it. And it's not just that. It's not just that one event. Think about your schedules. You go, 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 and then you go home, and then you study, and then you try to do this, and, and you don't have a spare minute to breathe because you've said yes to so many things. Well, this clutter isn't just about stuff and margin and finances and, and being able to live simply. It's about time. What if you started looking at your calendar? What if you started looking at the things that you said yes to based on the kingdom of God? That's hard for me. I'm going to be very honest with you. Because I like to say yes. And my calendar gets as cluttered as yours does. And through the last couple of weeks, I'm gonna, this is a moment of honesty, something I've really been struggling with. I need to say no to more things. And I had a lady. Here's the test came. The test came. As soon as I had this conversation with God, God, I've got to simplify my life. Not just in stuff, but I've got to simplify my life in things. God, I've got to make my checkbook. I've got to make my, my, my calendar focused on the kingdom of God first and let everything else work itself out. And, and so I said, okay, you know what? I'm going I'm to say no to some things. I'm going to say no to some good things. And it wasn't the day after I had that conversation, a lady come up, came up to me and asked me, hey, would you be willing to speak uh, at a youth ministry event? There's going to be students coming from all over these different cities, and they're all coming. We wanted you to come speak at it. And I'd made a commitment to start decluttering my life in things so that I could focus on the kingdom of God. For me as a dad, it, the, eternity, the eternal things are my kids. I'm investing in them because they're going to be the, the people who, who impact the kingdom of God next. And I'm doing a terrible job this semester because I've said yes to too many things. And man, she came and was like, talk to a big group of students. I love doing that. And I'd look at her and go, no, I can't. And honestly, I felt like I, I, I didn't do this. I almost made up a story that was a lie just because I felt so bad. You know, I wanted to give her a reason. I didn't want to just go, no, because I'm going to do nothing instead. Because I, 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 then I should think I was crying. I didn't want to say no because I'm going to tuck my kids into bed and read the Bible with them and pray with them. And that's more important right now from an eternal focus for me as a dad than it is for me to go speak to a bunch of kids because a bunch of, there, there's, there's 30 or 40 other youth ministers in town that go speak to those kids, but there's, there's only one dad that can tuck his kids into bed. And, and I'm working on what the kingdom of God through them and what God's going to do through them. It's hard. Clutter in your calendar, clutter in your stuff. So if we're going to, if we're going to move to live more simply, I'm going to give you a couple of ideas, some things that you can do, okay? So if you're a note taker, I'm just going to give you three things. And the first thing is this. First thing is start buying things based on their usefulness and not on their status. Just buy things based on their usefulness and not on their status. If you have a chance to buy a car, the purpose of that car is to get you from point A to point B, Right? So if the car can get you from point A to point B without leaving you stranded somewhere in between, that's what matters. It doesn't matter if it has Porsche on it. 
It doesn't matter what the color is. It doesn't matter if it has leather and tear because the usefulness is what matters. So start thinking, what, I'm going to buy stuff by usefulness, not status. Now, here's what you can do. You can become very legalistic. And you can start worshiping simplicity, okay? That's as dangerous as well. You can start worshiping simplicity and, and be like, you know what? I'm going to go home, mom, dad. I'm going to be simple because I want to be like Jesus. So I'm getting rid of all of my clothes except for this one pair of jeans and this one T-shirt. Because Brett said there was a kid in Africa that would wear a dress. And, uh, and so if he'll wear a dress, I can wear one set of clothes. You don't have to be legalistic. You don't have to go crazy. It's not about getting rid of everything you have. It's about what and not, I mean, it's about why and not what. Why do you want to buy what you're going to buy? It's not what you're going to buy. What's the heart behind it? Is it about status? Is it about making me feel good? Or is it useful and kingdom of God oriented? Here's the second thing. Second thing is this, get rid of anything that causes you an addiction. Now we talk about addiction we normally think of like alcohol, drugs, pornography, things like that. And so there's some of you guys in here that are like, okay, I'm, I'm clear on those things. It doesn't have to be something. What, what, if, what, if, it's, what if it's coffee? So, yeah, there's some, like, some of you are like, oh, no, sorry. Don't, you can take my porn. Don't take my coffee. You know, I mean, I'm serious. I don't get serious about it. First you insult my iPhone. Now you're talking about getting rid of coffee. Here, here's, the, here's the thought behind it. I've had people say this. And they've been serious about it. They go, man, I can't, I can't even open up my Bible and do my quiet time without a cup of coffee in the morning. Really? Re- really? Coffee has become more valuable to you because of this addiction to it than time in the Word. What you're telling me is that if there's no Starbucks on the corner, which I know is hard to believe that there may not be one on some corner, but if there's no Starbucks, then I'm not going to be able to commune with God today. That, that's, that's a scary thing. And so it's not about, it's the principle. It's about, is there something that's more valuable to you than the one thing, the kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, Is there something more valuable than that? And so one of the things you can do to start living more simply is to make the, the decision based on principle, I am going to get rid of things that, that cause me an addiction. There's a guy... Um, I can't remember who told the story. Uh, tells the story about this guy who was, uh, every, every morning he'd get up and go out and read his newspaper. The guy walks out to get his newspaper, and it's gone. And nobody's delivered the newspaper that day. And he's never thought about it before, but he's like started to get a little bit anxious because he's like, that's what I do. And he looks over, and he sees his, his neighbor's newspaper in the neighbor's yard, and he started thinking about stealing his neighbor's newspaper. Because he, he went out, and it was just this, this compulsive addiction. This is what I do. And he went out, and then when he started thinking about, I'm going to steal my neighbor's 75-cent newspaper, then he started getting convicted about, man, there's some things that are more important to me than righteousness. I'm going to steal a 75-cent newspaper instead of seeking the kingdom and righteousness. So he goes in, calls the newspaper company, and says, I want to cancel my subscription. And, one, uh, and the lady goes, okay. And they, they says, okay, we understand. Would you like to keep just a weekend subscription? He's like, no, I'm going cold turkey. You know, I'm like cutting it, cutting it all off. Because it was the matter of principle. It was there was something that was compelling him to do something that showed it was more important than his relationship with God, more important than focusing on the kingdom of God. Here's the third thing, last thing. It's getting the habit of giving some things away. I kicked around doing this. The ministry team said to do it, and I almost went, oh, I don't know, because it could be crazy. But here's what, uh, we're going to do it. Get in the habit of giving things away. Let's put some feet to it. Some of you need to release yourself from the desire of stuff. 
So if you go home this week and you go through your closet and you go, you know what, I don't need 74 pairs of shoes. I don't need three racks of shirts. And you start simplifying your life and you downsize and you go, you know what, I'm gonna start living more simple. I'm gonna stop worrying about what people think about me and I'm gonna wear what I wear. If you wanna bring some stuff, we'll pile it right up here next week. We'll make a little pile that'll go to the caring place or something. It'll be symbolic for us of what we're going to get rid of. But you practice giving stuff away, and let me give you the example behind it. If you have your phone and you have the Bible app, how many of you ever used the Bible app? Okay, so a lot of y'all have it. Okay, tons of you. Do you know there are 136 million people that have the Bible app on their phone? 136 million. Do you know how much that's worth, the Bible app? How much money they can make by putting advertising on it or charging you 99 cents? If they can charge you a dollar, that'd be $136 million. That's a lot. That's some good money. The guy that created it is a pastor. Well, actually, his staff created it. There's a guy named Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor at Oklahoma, and his church staff developed the Bible app, and they purposefully give it away for free. Here's why. Because Craig Rochelle says this. He says, I struggle with stuff. I struggle with materialism. I struggle with, with feeling like I have to have things. And the way that you kill the desire to have to have things is to give things away. So he went to his staff and said, everything we do in our church, anything we make, and they're one of the largest churches in the, in the United States now, anything we make is free. Any pastor, any pastor in the, around the world can go on and any video they've made, any sermon series they've done, you can download the videos, the Sunday school stuff. You can download the transcript of the sermon if you don't know how to write a sermon. You can download bumper videos. You can download posters. They give it all away. You know why? Because they said, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. And it's more important for us to see the kingdom of God grow around the world than it is for us to make money so that we can make money and buy more stuff. That's that's what we're talking about, living simply. I'm going to share with you one last quote, and then uh, the band's going to come up and sing one more song. Guys, you can come on up if you want. I'm going to read you this quote. It's about a person who is a, well, let me just read it to you. It says, he gets attached to things. He can't let go of his mother. He can't let go of his girlfriend. He can't let go of things. It makes you greedy. And when you're greedy, you're on the path to the dark side because you fear you're going to lose things that you're not going to have the power that you need. The guy that this quote was about, he was addicted to things. He was addicted to clutter. He had to have more and more and more. He didn't know how to live simply. You will never guess who that quote is about. Darth Vader. You knew that? Darth Vader. That, that's what... It was written, a, a fictional character, as they, as they developed the character of who he was, that's what made Darth Vader in George Lucas's story turn bad. George Lucas, not even a believer, understood that the addiction to things causes all kinds of problems. And you've got a chance to live simply. We'll practice it by giving stuff away next week. You can practice by... Even this week, thinking when I buy something, do I need it? Is it useful or is it status? But more importantly, just remember this, that the discipline of simplicity becomes a reality in your life when you focus on one thing. And Matthew 6, says that that one thing is the kingdom of God. Read your Bible, pray, memorize scripture, and stop living like the world. Start living a kingdom of God mentality that's simple.